0: It's Fall Kickoff Sunday. We're so glad you're here. Um, Whether you're in person or online, we're just excited to be together, excited to worship with you. Um, And we just hope that this service is such a blessing to you. So if you're here in person, go ahead and stand. Um, And as we prepare to worship, I just want to share a verse with you that God just really brought to mind as we were working through these songs So this is from Hebrews 1. It says, The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. So as I thought about that verse, I just thought what an amazing picture of not only what Jesus did for us, but who he is. He is king. He sits at the father's right hand and it is because of our, his sacrifice that we are able to be what God has called us to be. So join me and let's sing.
1: So. All the shame on the cross To the one who was slain As atonement for us To the son who overcame All the power of death We praise
2: For the stripes For the wounds for, for the beating of For the tears For the blood I was willing labor for the merciful, wonderful
1: Majesty. Your love to the One who endured all the shame on the cross, to the Lamb who was slain as a lamb.
2: Church, let's declare this truth. You're never gonna, you're never gonna, you're never gonna, you're never gonna, gonna you're never gonna, you're never gonna, cause he's never gonna let. God, I'm so grateful that we can enter your presence and it's not by our doing, by our performance, by what we can accomplish. It's just the fact, Lord, that you call us your own, that you call us your sons and your daughters. God, I recognize in this moment, there may be some who ex- are not experiencing you to the level that they expect that maybe you have not felt like you've been good. I just ask, Lord, in this moment that your spirit would reveal your goodness to each and every one of us in this room and online, God, that we would know that we are beloved by the Father, that Jesus Christ paid the price for each and every one of us, God, and that you are truly good even in the moments when we cannot see it.
1: To worship whose glory taught the stars to shine. Perhaps creation longs to have the words to see. This joy is mine. To the Lord To the Lord
3: up one more hallelujah to the king of kings to our lord and savior Jesus Christ this morning As we continue in our time of worship by entering a time of prayer we know that amongst those of us sitting here that there may be great joys that we are celebrating and there may be great difficulties So whether you are asking for prayer that you are celebrating a need that God has provided or whether you are still in the midst of asking God to provide for a need, we would invite you, if that is you, to go ahead in this moment to take a seat and just allow those around you just to be able to come alongside you, to pray for you and to pray with you as we enter into the presence of God through prayer. Bow your heads with me. God, we are so grateful to be here this morning. We are grateful to be gathered together as the body of you, Christ, united under one name, the name of Jesus. We give you all the glory and the honor and the praise. God, as this is a season, as we are kicking off the fall, as we are getting back into our new rhythms and routines, whether it be with school, whether it be with work, whether it be adjusting to the, the colder weather, we just pray that we would just have a continual reminder of the way that your Holy Spirit is working in and through our lives, in and through every situation, in and through every scheduling detail, in and through every trip to take the kids to and from school, In every commute to work and every meeting and every family time that we get and everything in between, Lord, may we just have a powerful sense of your presence. And Lord, we know that we are not the only body gathered together this morning, so we lift up Harvest Church this morning. We thank you for the work that you are doing in and through their congregation. We pray over their pastoral staff this morning as they lead that they would just be filled not by anything that they have done, not by their own energy, not by their own strength, but solely by you we pray that the Holy Spirit will move in and through them, that the people would be able to sense that you are wanting to transform their hearts and their lives and move them closer and closer to you and your character and your likeness, Lord. And this morning, we also lift up the ministries that we partner with globally. And so we want to pray over our teams, the Ethiopia Care Point and over Kids Hope Chest. Lord, you are raising them up and as they are being taught skills that they will take, into the marketplace with them, that they are learning to become a self-sustainable people, Lord. And so we just pray that you will bless the work of their hands, that you will bless the teams and the people that are working with them and helping to equip the, the locals with these skills, that you will just allow them to be filled with your Holy Spirit as they spread the message of the gospel through the work that they're doing and as they continue to equip your kingdom, Lord, through the skills and the gifts that they are given. We just pray that the work that they do will be abundant and will lead to true life change and transformation. God, we are just grateful to be gathered together this morning and pray that as we continue our time in service, that everything we do here this morning, whether it be worship, teaching, and every moment in between, would honor and glorify you as we seek to love you and to love others as you've called us to. So we pray all of these things in the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit and all God's people said, Amen. Well, you may take a seat. I want to welcome you this morning to All Shores Wesleyan Church, our Spring Lake campus, as well as those of you who will be joining us online. My name is Pastor Aaron. I serve as your high school pastor and am thrilled to do so. And I want to say, Happy Kickoff Sunday. Some of you look so great in your jerseys and in your colors. Some of you Not so much, but that is okay. We will get through it together. But man, we have so many great things that we are celebrating this morning. Whether you are wearing your jersey colors, we hope you will join us outside after services for some hot dogs, some chips, some time of community. We have our warehouse youth ministry program starting tonight. We would love to get you connected with more information if you are a student or you are a brand new family. And speaking of new families... We would love to get a chance to connect with you if this is your first Sunday here. So we have up on the screen as well as in the seat back in front of you a connect card that will allow us just to get to know some information about you so that we can get to know you and your story and help you take steps toward finding and following Jesus this morning. I'd also love to invite you, if you would like a bit more of a personal connection, to check out our connection point in the back of our lobby in front of our prayer room. I know I will be probably popping in and back through there as well as outside. You are always welcome to look for me or one of our friendly team members would be happy to get you connected and know that the connection point is for anybody. If you are looking to get connected with a group, we'll have our groups directory back there and we'll have other opportunities just for you to be engaged and to be involved in the life here at all shores we would love to further connect you and now as we continue forward in our worship service this is the time of our service where we give of our ties and offerings so you will see on the screen behind me ways that you can give digitally we also have some black boxes right outside by our main entrance and exit if you prefer to give in person And we just want to continually thank you, church, for the steps that you have taken in your faithful and generous giving that allow us to continue to push forward the mission and vision, both here at All Shores, in and through our community, and globally. So we want to thank you for your continued heart of giving. Know that if you are a first-time guest here, there is absolutely no expectation or obligation for you to give. We hope that this service is gift enough for you. For those of you that are returners or regular givers, we just continue to... Ask that you continue to be generous with your tithes and offerings as the Lord leads. Um, And we're so thankful to partner with you in that ministry. As we continue forward with a brand new sermon series this week and all of the amazing things happening with kickoff, I'll invite you to turn your attention towards the screen for what's coming next.
4: and this is Nathan. We're the Glattfelties. We have two kids, Escher's four and a half and Annalise's two and a half. And we've been going to All Shores since about 2016 when we moved here from Pennsylvania.
5: Yeah, as we talked as a, as a family about joining a group, there are a lot of things to consider. I, mean, I actually really like to meet new people, um, so that wasn't so much the concern for me. It was more, you know, is it, is it going to be worth our time? Um, is it going to be worth the investment that we put in uh, to, to do this? Because it takes a lot of logistics to figure out child care and um, making sure that we have those times of our, of our schedule free. Um, and I was also a little bit worried about fitting in, you know. Um, although I like to meet new people, are these the type of people that uh, I'm gonna fit in and be comfortable around and be able to grow with?
4: So I had gotten up the courage. We got the family in the car and we showed up on the first night and we got a curveball on the first night already, where because of the size of the group, um, it was decided that we would split in two women and men and we would meet separately on two different nights. And I remember looking at you that night and saying nope <laughs> that's not what I signed up for like I agreed to do this with you as a family um, and you know I tried to use all the excuses of the logistics of figuring out two nights and all of that but God really just gave me the prompting and the courage to jump in and I am so grateful that he did um, I didn't really realize at the time how much I needed other women to walk through life with at this point and That was so powerful to hear, like in other women's stories, when they would share parts of my own and to know that I was not alone.
5: For me, in addition to all of the benefits that our family received um, from us having this time alone with you know others and in, in, in the Word, um, I found that I had new tools um, that I could bring to conversations with other guys that I saw clearly struggling with some of the things we wrestled with in group. Um, and it just felt really great to be able to share that with others, uh, other men that are, are going through this same struggle. and, uh, and be there with them in that moment with some tools that were biblically based um, and uh, you could see it had a meaningful impact on them as as we were talking through it.
4: We did a lot of years of coming to church, slipping in, slipping out. We came here for lots of years without really knowing many people. We didn't have a lot of relationships in church and I just don't think that that's what church is meant to be. That It is meant to be something we do together as a community and a group is a great way to do that.
6: Well, happy Sunday, everybody. My personal favorite was the spam, of course. We, uh, man, it's going to be a great day. Kickoff Sunday, everybody's back. We're going to have some fun today. I just want to say welcome to all of our campuses, Coopersville, Muskegon, all of you who are joining online somewhere, maybe you're watching at home, maybe you're watching from a hospital bed. Shout out Phyllis and Tom. Spring Lake, come on, will you show your church family some love? We're so glad that you're joining with us. Man, I'm so excited. Did you know that the state of Michigan has a professional football team? <laughs> Established 2023, but they, they are here, they are ready to play We're going to have some fun today. We have a cookout after service just to celebrate. Groups are kicking off this week. Warehouse is kicking off this week. We're going to have a lot of fun. And last but certainly not least, we are kicking off a brand new series titled Keeping Up With... And you fill in the blank. Maybe it's keeping up with the Joneses. Maybe it's keeping up with the Kardashians. Maybe it's keeping up with Deion Sanders. Whatever it is, the point being is that for so many of us, it just feels like we can only keep up. Keep up with the people we're around. Keep up with the spending habits surrounding us. Keeping up with the news. That really for so many of us, the, the pace that we're running and what we're chasing after in life is unsustainable. And so for the next four weeks, we are going to take a look at the life that God designed us to have and how we need to course correct in order to get there. We're going to be using Mark 10 as a backdrop for our time today. But before we go there, we pause every single week To recognize that the same God who inspired these scriptures, the same Jesus that we'll see in these scriptures today, that his spirit is actually with us today. That God isn't isn't someone who we have to talk about. God is someone who we can meet with. And that's what these mornings are designed for, is for us to meet with the living God. And so we're going to pause just to give you a moment to silently pray, to silently declare that whatever God wants to say to you this morning that you actually want to hear. So do that for a moment, and then I'll pray for us. Holy Spirit, we come before you ready to hear from you, ready to interact with you, that We don't just want to go our own way this week. But, God, would you actually give us some insight for how we're supposed to live and how to best follow you in today's day and age? I pray that you would open up our hearts and open up our minds for the word that you have for us today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And somebody said amen, amen and amen. Well, we to focus our time together, we're going to be trying to answer one question That comes out of our text, Mark 10. Here it is. Okay. There we go. What prevents us from going all in with God? What prevents us from going all in with God? If there's one thing that's pretty safe for me to know this morning, about every single person at all of our campuses, those of you who are watching online, it's this that no one listening likely has made it spiritually. That we're all a work in progress. We're all on a journey. I could be wrong. If so, just check your angel wings at the door next week. But the rest of us are merely sinners saved by grace. Amen? So the question remains... What prevents us from going all in with God? What's standing in our way from actually taking steps into a deeper relationship with God? And to help us answer that question, we're going to be peering over Jesus' shoulder in Mark 10 at a conversation he has with a well-meaning follower about what's standing in his way from following Jesus more deeply. Now, before we dive into the first verse, let me just give you some helpful context. Jesus has officially arrived on the scene in first-century Israel. He's established himself as one with credibility and notoriety. He's healed people possessed by unclean spirits. He's walked on water. He's fed thousands on nothing more than a happy meal. He's cured the deaf, opened the eyes of the blind. He's been transfigured on top of a mountain where his clothes became dazzling white. Jesus has established a reputation. And when Jesus walks into town or into a room, people take notice. And we pick up in verse 17 where a notable person approaches Jesus to ask him a question. Here it is starting off verses 17 and 18. This is what the text says. It says, as Jesus started out on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. This interaction that Jesus has with this man starts off on an interesting note. He calls Jesus the good teacher, which in retrospect seems very appropriate. If anyone is the good teacher, Jesus seems to fit that bill. And yet Jesus pushes back before answering the man's question, which we'll find in the next couple of verses. And he makes sure to pause and question the man first. Why do you call me good? No one is good except God. Have you ever had a fight with someone or fallen out with someone? And then months or years later, they see you in public, throw an arm around you and call you friend. That's almost the picture that we get here in Scripture. It may seem simple to us now, but the moniker that this man gives Jesus, good teacher, would not have been common back in the day. And it almost puts him on another level with Jesus, as if he's recognizing his divinity. And so what does Jesus do? He pumps the brakes. And this is the first insight I think we can draw out of our text this morning. Remember trying to answer this question, what prevents us from going all in with God? Here's the first thing that we see. What prevents us is when we try and appear better than we are. When we try and appear better than we are. See, Jesus doesn't care about perception, He doesn't care about what others may think about you. He's most concerned with the real you, the you that only you know about, the you you have to face when no one else is looking. What prevents us from going all in with God? It's the distinction that, that one of my favorite authors, Henry Nowen, makes between what he calls our relevant self and our unadored self. Henry Nouwen was, was teaching at one of the most prominent divinity schools in the nation, only to quit and become a chaplain in Toronto for a community of individuals with cognitive disabilities. And here's what he said about the transition going from notoriety to ambiguity, here's what he says. As he reflects, he says, I was forced to let go of my relevant self, the self that can do things, show things, prove things, build things, and forced to reclaim the unadored self in which I am completely vulnerable, open to receive and give love regardless of any accomplishments. That you and I, we don't have to impress God. He just wants us to be honest with where we are. We pick back up in this conversation in verses 19 and 20. Here's what Jesus continues on as he's responding to the man. He says, you know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared. All these things I've kept since I was a boy. All these things I've kept since I was a boy. Now, at first read, I think it's easy to discredit this guy. Who does he think he is? Standing before Jesus, Jesus asks, are you perfect? And he responds, yes, yes, I am. Maybe he was bold-faced lying, but based on how Jesus reacts to him in the next few verses, it seems like he's telling the truth. And so, picture this guy if you can. Someone who's doing everything he knows how to do in order to follow God. Someone who's oriented his entire life around what he thinks God wants him to do, and yet at some level he's not convinced. Essentially, what he's showing up to Jesus asking is Is this it? Am I doing it right? Am I missing anything? Everything he's doing still doesn't seem to be enough. Something's off. Maybe everyone around him is telling him he's done enough, but something inside of him feels unsettled. This is the second insight I think we can pull out of our text this morning. Remember, we're trying to answer the question, what prevents us from going all in with God? Here's the second thing that we see. When we confuse the reality of our effort versus the potential of our capacity, when we confuse the reality of our effort versus the potential of our capacity, some of you, maybe like this man, aren't satisfied in your relationship with God. And Can I just encourage you? Maybe you're on to something. Maybe you're on the right track. Maybe you're bumping into a ceiling that one day won't be there. I love what author and pastor John Ortberg has to say about this. This is what he says. I I think this is so true. He says, for many of us, the great danger isn't that we'll renounce our faith. It's that we'll be one so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we'll settle for a mediocre version of it. So distracted, so rushed, so preoccupied that we'll settle for a mediocre version. Version of it. The exciting or maybe the frustrating part about faith is that rather than God leading us back to the same places over and over and over again like a racetrack, he instead takes us out into unmarked territory where we have to join with him to find our way. Just because something is difficult or uncomfortable doesn't mean it's wrong. Here we pick up our last two verses. Verses 21 and 22, here's what they say. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said. Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But at this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. It says that this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he already had great wealth. This is the hard point in our story today. That if you were looking for a place to check out, now might be a good time. Because for most of scripture, when Jesus is having an interaction with someone, we tend to side with Jesus. Those mean people, those unforgiving people. Jesus is the hero. But this, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. That is too much, Jesus. That doesn't make sense, Jesus. That doesn't seem like a good strategy, Jesus. That's selfish of you to ask, Jesus. And so the man of great wealth does what most of us do. He walks away. Not from religion, not technically from the idea of Jesus, but just from going all in. That the man of great wealth settles for the type of life he cannot afford to lose. And he invites Jesus to be content with just a part of him. This is the third insight. think we could draw out of our text this morning, remember we're trying to answer this question, what prevents us from going all in with God? Here's what we see. When we convince ourselves that partial surrender is still surrender. When we convince ourselves that partial surrender is still surrender. Maybe you can't relate to this man in front of Jesus, but I sure can Maybe it's easy for you to surrender everything to God on a daily basis, not for me. I have things that I want, things I desire, things I'm working towards, hoping for, asking for, and sometimes those good things come into conflict with what God has asked or invited me into. And this is the trap I fall into if I'm not careful. Can't I have both? Can't I have the life I want? the way I want it, and follow the way of Jesus too? Are they really that different? Are they really that skewed? Do I have to give up what I don't want to give up in order to follow a man named Jesus who gave up everything for me? Here's the startling reality of the man of great wealth who walked away. He found something so valuable so intoxicating, so liberating, so satisfying, he just couldn't let it go. And maybe this was the first time he was even realizing that he had pre-existing conditions when it came to following Jesus. Can we relate? Jesus, I'll follow you, but I get to decide how to spend my money. Jesus, I'll follow you, but I get to decide how I spend my time. Jesus, I'll follow you, but I get to decide how I serve others. Jesus, I'll follow you, but I get to decide whether or not I need community with other believers. Jesus, I'll follow you, but I get to decide whether or not I need to spend time with you every day. Church, here's the best gift I can give you this morning. If you don't hear anything else, just lock in for this one statement. is that you only really know if a good thing has turned into a bad thing, if when God asks you to lay it aside, you just can't let it go. You only really know. If a good thing has turned into a bad thing, if when God asks you to lay it aside, you just can't let it go. This whole time we've been trying to answer one question, what prevents us from going all in with God? Here's what we see out of these verses. What prevents us from going all in with God? When we give God anything less than a blank check of our lives. When we give God anything less than a blank check of our lives. I saw my grandfather this week. Shout out to you, grandpa. He's helping him pay some bills. And when we were paying bills together, do you know what he did? He walked over to a certain part of his house. He pulled out a drawer and he got out. A checkbook. Now, for those of you who are millennials in the house or Gen Z, if you go to a library or a museum, you will be able to find a copy of what one of these looked like back in the day. And I'm so old enough to remember my parents teaching me how to write a check and what to be careful of. One of the things they told me was never sign a blank check. Never sign a blank check because if you signed a blank check and didn't fill the rest in and you lost that check and someone else picked it up, they could write their own name in there and for any amount of their choosing, as long as you had that much in your account, which wasn't really my issue, they could cash it fair and square. Get this, a blank check hands the entirety of your account over to someone else. And you relinquish control of what was previously yours. My friends, have you ever signed a blank check of your life over and given it to God? Is God able to instruct you in every area of your life? Or is he more of an advisor, someone whose opinion you take into consideration? Is he an an instructor that you respect, or is he your Lord? I'm confident that the pairing of these next two statements will ultimately be encouraging to you. Maybe not the first one, but just hear me out. You and I are off track in some of the most important areas of our lives. Number two, there is more of God available to us than we're currently experiencing. Let me just say that again. You and I, we're off track in some of the most important areas of our lives, but there's more of God available to us than we're currently experiencing. This is my oldest daughter. She started first grade a couple of weeks ago. She's doing great. And as I was preparing for this, I remembered a time last year where I had my own moment. Just like the man coming up to Jesus. But instead of asking Jesus a question, I asked my six-year-old. And I said, Nora, is daddy doing a good job of loving you? And let me just give you you some context before I tell you what she said, tell you where I'm coming from. I'm home almost every night. We wrestle on the daily. We put our kids down to bed. We pray for them. We tell them we love them. Like the man of great wealth, I'm fully expecting my daughter to affirm my effort. And yet, very gently, after thinking about it for a while, she says, absolutely, Daddy. But I would really appreciate it if you didn't hurry me out the door to school in the morning. It stresses me out. (laughs) Like, yeah, you stress me out. (laughs) Good night. If you've spent any time around me, you know that being a good dad is a lifelong dream of mine. That I want. To be able to progress through every stage and be able to look back and say, man, I loved them with everything I had. And yet, I'm still falling short and messing up and striking out some days. But here's why I'm so thankful for my little girl and her honesty. Because I don't want to convince myself that I'm a great dad. Only to fast forward 10, 20, 30 years and to look back and realize that there were some very simple things I could have done differently that would have made a huge impact. Can I just connect this back to our relationship with God for a bit? I know you're a good person. I know you love Jesus. I know you're trying hard at work. I know you mow your grass every week that you get your oil changed every 5,000 miles, that you pick up trash as you go. I know you put seed in your bird feeder and fend off neighborhood squirrels. I get it. But far be it from us that we would fast forward 10, 20, 30 years and still be in the same place spiritually before God. Can I encourage you, church? Don't be Like the man of great wealth, who let something else creep into the throne room of his heart and displace the man who had created him and sacrificed everything for him. You might say, Evan, what do I actually do? Normally, I have three. I only have two for you this week. Here are the the two things that I would share with you, two things I hope you take into your week that I think will help you. Here's the first one just a question to ask. What areas of my life am I least willing to surrender? What areas of my life am I least willing to surrender? Maybe you write that on a sticky note. Maybe you write it in your journal. Maybe you put it as the background of your phone. Just ask the question, what areas of my life am I least willing to surrender? Here's a second one. God, what do you want to do about it? It's a beautiful part of our faith. It's not something we have to manufacture. It's not something we have to force. That what God is looking for is an open door, an invitation. And so many of us, myself included, are too distracted or too afraid to notice. And I just want to encourage you, church, this week, as we kick off the fall, as we get back into our normal swing of things, to ask the most important question. What prevents us from going all in? It's anything less than a blank check of our lives. What's your next step? Beautiful part of this, I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of your life, but there's someone who does. And he loves you. He cares about you. He's for you. He's not here to belittle you. He's not here to cast you off. He's not here to, to shame you. That I believe with all of my heart that God is one who meets with us as often as we need it to help us live the lives worthy of the calling that he's given us. So I just want to take a moment before we jo- go enjoy some hot dogs in the early morning to ask the most important question. So if you'd do me a favor, just bow your head and close your eyes. And I'm going to pray for us, but I really hope you get a sense of more than just my words. That in some way, that you would whether it's think or feel, have an idea or a thought or a memory or a word, that in some way you would sense that the spirit of the living God wants to talk to you, wants to be in relationship with you. That you don't have to be up on a stage to have an amazing relationship with the one who created you. So God, I just pray for my friends at every campus, Holy Spirit, would you speak confirmation for whatever they need to hear today? For some, would you challenge them? Like the man of great wealth, for some, would you comfort them? God, you know exactly what we need. And so we pray as the all-sufficient one that you would meet our needs, not because you have to, but just because you love us. For just a moment more with heads bowed and eyes closed, I just, I just don't want to run past this moment. That maybe when you walked in here today or when you flipped open the laptop or when you turned on the TV, you would say, man, I don't know what it looks like to have a relationship with God. I know a lot about God. Maybe sometime throughout our time today, you've been prompted or you feel like you're being drawn into something. Maybe you don't even have words for it. But maybe God's inviting you to take a step. And I don't want to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to stand up, come to the front. I just want to know who I'm praying for. So if that's you today, if you, if you, if you would say, man, I want to commit my life, whether it's for the first time or for the first time in a long time, to, to Jesus, will you just slip up your hand? Yes. Yes, I see you. Yes, I see you. Yes. In the back, I see you. Yes, right there. you just pray this prayer in your own words. Say, Heavenly Father, I hear you calling to me. I know you love me. Would you forgive me of all the things I've done from insisting on my own way, from walking away more times than I can count, and would you cleanse me from the inside out? Would you help me? Would you fill me anew? Would you give me everything I need to follow you? Jesus, we pray for this time. Would you seal it now? And would you help us carry it into our week? We love you so much. We give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And somebody said, amen. amen. Can you welcome some new brothers and sisters into the family? Amen. Man, if that's you, please let us know. You can fill out that connection card we mentioned earlier in service. We would love to walk alongside you that you don't have to do this thing called faith alone. That we're a part of a family. We are a part of a team. One team together. Doing life with each other. Helping each other. Encouraging each other. Let us know. We'd love to follow up. You can tell somebody in the lobby or you can tell me. And man, we are gonna celebrate one with hot dogs, but first, before that, we're gonna do some wafers. We celebrate what the Bible calls communion every week. If you didn't get a little cup on your way in, they're still out there, you can do that for us, but we're gonna celebrate it right now and then we're gonna sing together. And what this act reminds us of is that our salvation did not come without a cost that Jesus gave everything for us. And on the night that he was betrayed, he gathered with his closest friends and he took bread before the meal and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. And so we do that together, church. And in the same way, After supper, he took the cup. He said, this is the cup of a new covenant of my blood shed for the forgiveness of your sins. Drink of this, all of you, in remembrance of me. And so we do that together as well. Amen. All right, church, well, let's stand and let's sing in response to our God.
2: Jesus have my heart, my will, my soul Jesus have my hopes, my dreams, my woe, the joy I laid it down, the joy I cast my crown, Jesus have it all. To you I bring my praise, my lips, my song, a living sacrifice as one. Be born. Your life is now mine. Your will is what I want. Jesus have it all. All right, church, let's sing out this prayer together. Jesus have it all. Jesus have it all. To you belongs the glory praise of all the world. Jesus have it all. Jesus have it all A blessing and all honor majesty and all Jesus have it all Jesus have your church, your love, your pride The joy for which you freely gave your life Washed and purified, Jesus have us all. Oh Jesus, have Your worth. Oh Jesus, have Your worth. Your due, Your son. The praise of every nation, tribe, and tongue. And all that has been made, glorify Your name. Jesus, have it all. Oh, Jesus, have it all, Jesus, have it all. As you belong to glory, the praise of all the world. Jesus, have it all, Jesus, have it all. Blessing and honor, majesty and all. Jesus, have it all, Jesus, have it all. You belong to glory, the praise of all the world. Jesus, have it all. Jesus, have it all. A blessing and a have it all, Jesus have it all, sing it out, to so you belongs the glory, the praise of all the world, Jesus have it all, Jesus have it all, blessing and all honor, majesty, Jesus have it all. Amen. Well,
6: just a couple of announcements before we leave. Man, don't forget, if you're wanting to get plugged in, if you're wanting to walk with someone this fall, I mean, we've got groups, we've got warehouse for middle schoolers and high schoolers. If you want to plug into a team or start the journey, let us know. Talk to somebody at our connection point. We also are going to have some fun after service. So if you have time to stick around, hot dogs are that way. And you can exit either way. If you have kids, you should probably get your kids before you get a hot dog and then go get hot dogs together. But man, we're so excited to do this thing called life together. And so why don't you put out your hands. I'd love to to give you a blessing going into your week as we leave. May the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, may he go with you. May you know more than ever before that he is for you that he loves you, and that he will never leave you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And amen. We love you, church. We'll see you next week.